guys to Saturday chill time with your girl Anita Love to hate to hate coming to you from Baton Rouge Louisiana God is good he continues to bless me my family is blessed and you guys know that another day above ground is always a blessing and for coming over to my world for this chill time topic of conversation with Anita on talk to talk I appreciate you and I thank you for coming over and listening and supporting and encouraging me and I ask that you continue to support and continue to share my podcast to anyone that you feel might be touched by what I say. Before I get any further into my topic, I wanted to first give my condolences to the late LSU basketball player, Mr. Wade Sims. Um, he was shot and killed Friday morning. Um, near Southern University campus. Um, it, I don't want to say near Southern University campus, but it was right there near Southern University campus. Um, before he was fatally shot early Friday morning, the LSU basketball player Wade Simmons stepped into an altercation, a fight to defend his friends. They arrested uh, Dayton Simpson, 20. He admitted to intentionally shooting the victim, is what the affidavit said. Uh, Sam's friend, who isn't identified in the records, was punched by Simpson after the friend was hit. Sam stepped in to defend his friend and was shot in the head. Sims died at an area hospital. Officials said Saturday, which is this morning, that they don't know the relationship between Sims and Simpson. They also unsure of what prompted the fight. An autopsy Friday determined that Sims died from a gunshot wound to the head that traveled into his neck. Simpson has been booked into East Baton Rouge Paris Prison on a count of second degree murder. The shooting happened about 12:30 Friday morning near a subway. Um, restaurant on the 600 block of Harlem Boulevard, about a block from Southern's A.W. Mumford Studio um, Stadium. The Baton Rouge Police Department released a public um, video that captured the fight leading up to the shooting, hoping that someone could identify the individual involved in the death. The video shows about eight men in the streets fighting, and then at one point you see three or four of them throwing punches until two men came in from a group then um, throwing punches until two men came in from the group and then that's when a shot was fired. Um, McKinley, which is the police, um, chief of police, said that the investigation was specifically trying to identify and locate the individual who was seen toward the end of the video wearing some red pants with a white stripe down the leg and a gray shirt. And one of the two men separated from the group right before the shot, McKinley identified the man separate from the group as Sims. Um, they did, like I said, they did um, arrest uh, Dayton Sims. Um, it's just crazy. Kids that are killing themselves, like senseless, senseless crimes. crazy there is a visual for sims for today 
at 4 p.m. at the Tony Clayton Championship Plaza on Southern University campus. The vision is organized by the 7-1 Alliance of Southern Universities. The students demand action, the moms demand action for Gun Sense in America, and the Zeta Phi Beta sorority. Um, so if you're out in that area, y'all come out and support and just pray and just join for peace and, and prayer for these families that are going through um, the struggles of gun violence. Today is Southern University homecoming. So it leaves a bad taste on Southern University the day of their homecoming. And it will be forever in his Sims parents' mind that my son was taken away the Friday before Southern homecoming. Um, I don't know why it's the norm to go grab a gun. Who brings a gun to a fist fight? Cowards. It's what I say, cowards. It makes me so mad when I know that people are walking around here pretending to be God and making decisions on someone else's life. And it saddens me because these are children. Children that are taking each other's lives and not even thinking twice about it. I don't know what it feels like to live in this society as a teenager now or a young, young adult. I see and I hear and it's scary. I live in an area where there were crimes but it was never like this. It was never like this. You can't even walk out of a store and people running you over and killing you. Kidnapping your children and killing them. They get into an altercation and instead of you getting your ass whooped and just owning that whooping, we're going to get guns and shooting people. But my prayer and my condolences to the family, to this, the black community, the white community, to the South period, to the LSU basketball department and to all of the people that are affiliated with the LSU department, my prayers goes out to you. Um, I respect what the law enforcement did, how swift they was in getting this um, case closed. And that brings me to my other point. There was an article in the WAFB News that titled, High Profile But Sen Senseless Still. So he was a high profile, this was a high profile case because this was a student of LSU whose father went to LSU, whose mother was white. It should have been a higher profile because it's another young child that was gunned down because of senseless acts of violence. Not because he tended LSU, not because his father was well known with the LSU, not because his mother is white. It has, shouldn't have had nothing to do with that. But we live in the South where everything is about black and white, everything is about Southern or LSU. You have people that don't like Southern and people that don't like LSU only because of the stigma that goes around going to LSU. You're better than everybody else if you go to LSU. You get special treatment if you go to LSU. At the end of the day, you're still black. And rather your mom is white, your dad is black, they're going to still look at you as what, you, what they think of you. Period. But when I saw that title, it was disheartening 
um, it, it really irritated the shit out of me. I was like, did y'all read this? Did y'all see this? And they were like, what? And I read and I was like, well, what do they mean by that? And I was like, what do you think they meant by it? But you guys, we have to get our lives in order. We have to take back our streets. We have to take back our children. We gotta get this together. Something is just not right. The devil is taking over our children and we as parents are sitting back letting them. But what's happening next is these children are going to be taking their parents out. We got to do better, people. These children are losing their way. They're losing their way. I'm going to take a brief break, you guys. I don't do good with violence. I don't do good with children being hurt and murdered and killed. I don't do good with black-on-black crime. I don't do good with racism. I don't do good with discrimination. I don't do good with sexual assaults against women. I, I don't do good with things like that. I don't believe that anyone is above the law. And I believe when it comes to crime, I don't care what race you are, you should be held accountable. Period. And I'm tired of hearing about these high-profile situations that get found out and sought through ASAP but nothing else does. And I'm so glad that they found who killed this child. But do you know how many unsolved crimes have been is out there? And they are crowds of people around when this violence happened. And nobody speaks up. Nobody talks about it. Come on. We got to get it together, you guys. I'm going to take a break and I'll be back. you guys welcome back to saturday chill time with your girl i need to love to hate to hate and i'm gonna start off with sports we're going to the lsu and Ole miss there's been plenty said about Ole miss ability to pass the ball yes the rebels have the nation's 10th ranked pass defense 347.5 yards per game but there is a new running back running attack with junior college transfer scotty phillips um that looks like it's providing Ole Miss enough variance to give the LSU defense some trouble. Um, Stocks with projected NFL wide receiver A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Ole Miss has the ability to effectively run the ball with the split Phillips. While there are four wide receivers on the field, um, the LSU coach Ed Ogron said what they do, the receivers are so good that you get five men in the box and they check to the run, and you can't defend it with those guys. So he said they have to mix and match what we do. Mixing and matching has been difficult for the number five Tigers since starting back um, Buck linebacker Kay Lovin Chasson was lost for the season with an apparent knee injury suffered against Miami. Uh, Chasson could both rush and cover effectively, and LSU has tried several experiments to replace him, but against Louisiana Tech, the Tigers mostly went with just five defenders in the box, and LSU struggled to get a pass rush all game. LSU wants to solve their issue in its attempt to shut down the Ole Miss offense. Often, so we will see how that goes. There's a lot of tailgating going on. My family is out there. Some friends are out there. 
Um, I've been asked several times to come out there. I'm not going. I'm going to watch the game from my home and chill and do me from there. Um, which is re- really weird because I made a promise to myself that this year that all the things that I kind of slacked on doing, that I was going to put more of an effort and be more of, you know, living more and doing more. Just, you know, and um, I'm not doing that. But that's not my choice. But you guys, tailgate, have fun, be safe. And you know what? Every dis- disagreement doesn't have to end with a gun. So let's just figure out a different way to handle confrontation. You know what I've learned? I've learned that people in this country have brought back slavery against their own kind and against anyone. You know, it, it was always okay to hang people. It was always okay to kill people. You know, blacks, slaves. And now we, we're we doing the exact same thing. Don't look at me crazy. I'm going to shoot you. Don't get don't beat me in a fist fight. I'm going to shoot you. Don't accidentally bump me. I'm going to shoot you. Um, I, I think every I think this country is lost. I think this country is lost. And I think these, these people, these citizens in this country is angry and full of more resent, resentfulness and um, just anger and disgust. And they're taking it out on one another. And other people, and it, it has to stop. Also, we're going to talk about uh, Southern today. It's Southern's homecoming, and it's a tragedy that the LSU um, basketball player died Friday night, Friday morning, and this is following Southern University homecoming. But the trouble with Alcorn and Southern is Southern fights their history. They're trying to change what has been going on. They have a strong team when Braves come to Baton Rouge, so we don't know what's going to be what. Um, it was 1993 and Pete Richardson was still gaining uh, the lust of his new team for coming to Southern from Winston-Salmon State just a few months earlier. Um the Jaguars was undefeated after seven games and they were starting to believe in their coach's philosophy but um, Alcorn was the ringing champion and they had a quarterback Steve Air McNair was marching his way in his future designation as the Southwestern Athletic Conference all-time passing leader yes the entire week um The entire week leading up to the game, Richardson players were in in awe of McNair's ability. When they were watching the film, is what they were saying. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the final whistle of that game, Southern was celebrating a 47-31 win in what was re- relative blowout for what the Braves were used to at the time. In many ways. Beating Alcon State was the critical part Richardson needed to um, build one of his SWAC's most dominant programs of the next 15 years. Many considered that game to be the most significant of the season, and as Southern captured the first of four Black College National Championships under Richardson, Dalton Odom, which is Southern current football coach is hoping a 2018 meeting with Alcorn do for his program where Richardson did two years ago when Southern 2-2 won Old West. Coach Alcorn 
8, 1, and 2, 0 for homecoming at 6 p.m. Saturday. Today. Now, the seven, the, the seven meetings Southern had with Alcorn since autumn became the interim coach in 2012. The Tigers came out top just once. Um, they had a 1-6 mark against Alcorn. It's Odom's worst record among the conference opponents. Odom's first career loss was 20-17 to to Alcorn. Then there was a 2013 meeting when Alcorn beat Southern 44-38 in an overtime thriller in Baton Rouge. Um, the Braves beat Southern 56-16 in 2014 and then again 38-24 a few months later in the SWAT championship game. Southern largest conference loss on the Odom was um, the one point blowout to Alcorn 2015. Coincidentally, it was it stole the last time Southern lost at home, stretching back 10 games. Um, Alcorn has been few and far between in recent years. Southern hadn't beat Alcorn in nine straight tries going into 1993. Yeah, so Olam knows one game can change the direction of the program. It goes like that sometimes, Olam said. They're so, it's always a season for things to turn and teams make turns. You can look in any conference, team have success. Um, he said, we have a football team that's pretty good, um, extremely well on um Saturday. Hopefully we can turn and, and beat. <laughs> so I hope that they do. Um, the university history won't be easy. Alcon is the four-time defending Eastern Division champion and was a favorite to make it five straight um, going into the season. Southern hasn't been to the championship game since uh, that 2014 run, but finished second in the West the past two years. Falling short of eventual conference championship Grambling. Both teams are undefeated in conference play. Odom downplayed the recent slump against Alcorn. Um, Southern has several players still on its roster that beat Alcorn in 2016, a game most remembered by the former Southern University running back Leonard Taylor becoming the SWAC's all-time leading rusher. Six-year senior wide receiver Randall Menard was the only current player to register any stats with two receptions for 51 yards. Senior cornerback Demario Houston was the leading uh, tackle for from that game among players who will um, be out on Saturday. Defensive end Simon Houston, but Southern experience only take it so far. So Alcorn quarterback Nor Johnson. And running back T.J. Simmons combined for one of the most effective one-two punches in the swag at 322.1 total yards per game. Defensively, Alcorn is the only swag team to hold opponents to fewer than 300 yards per game. And if you combine that with the mental hurdle of recent struggles against Alcorn, and Southern has its hands full. Um, Odom said it starts with Johnson, and you don't have to go very far to find the next guy in that Simmons. He stands right beside him. Them two is what makes it good, and then you don't have to go too far from them because uh, Radish Anderson is as, as advertised at wide receiver, and it's not too much further because Chris Baylor is on the other side. They're a talented football team, and they've always been, always have. Saturday could be the only ladies in the history of memorable classes, so we, we're going to see. The um, former Alcorn quarterback, Lenore Footman, remembers the 2013 meeting as potential the most exciting game in a career that includes two SWAC championships. 
Footman was a true freshman that season and did not play, but he was in AEW Montford Stadium at Southern Celebrated's homecoming and on the sidelines as Alcon celebrated the Braves win. And even though he knew it was only how the schedule fell, Alcon still looked being designated as the homecoming opponent as an insult, Footman said. But finding that extra edge, no matter how slight or insignificant, can be necessary when there's no historical grudge to build on. The annual game doesn't hold the bitterness many HBCU Classic matches do, despite the schools being a scat 100-mile drive apart on US-61, and despite the traditional rivalry not matching the levels each house other schools. Southern's biggest annual game, of course, is the Bayou Classic against Gremlin, following close by its series against Jackson State, and is now dominant series against Florida A&M, and one of the best in black um Oh, I'm sorry, I got a brain freeze. <laughs> but no Southern players were made available to the media this week to give their perspective of the series. Southern has a bit of momentum going into the weekend after its 29-27 comeback win against Alabama A&M last Saturday. They were down 21-6 at the end of the first quarter. The Jaguars scored 43, 23 straight points to pull ahead in the second half. And when AAMU scored with a a little over a minute to play, Southern linebacker Calvin Lincoln stuffed the two-point conversion to preserve the victory. Odom said the win could be the start of something special happening at Southern this season. A win Saturday would see Southern placed as a series contender for the SWAT title. All it has to do is beat Alcorn. And after two years spent, of going up there, they finally get them at home at the Mumford Stadium where they will play pretty good. I'm pretty sure of that. Everyone probably knows that. And, you know, the challenge with a championship pedigree, pedigree team coming in here, their team is going to have to grow up fast and play a whole lot better. Um, the Braves are 37, 36, and 2 in the series since 1945, and Stan is one of the only two current members of the SWAC to claim a winning record against the Jaguars during that span. The second is Grambling at 33, 20, and 29. Southern's winning percentage against Alcorn is .362 since 1962 when Alcorn joined the SWAC. And in 2003, Alcorn became the only team to beat Southern in a magical season, scoring at least 36-34 wins. The loss joined the 1969 season as the second time the Braves ruined what would have been a perfect run through SWAC play. And to this day, Jeff Richardson and Ace Monfort are the only Southern coaches to beat Alcorn with any consistency during their tenure. Alcorn joined the SWAC the year following the Monfort's death. Richardson said to the media that I think it's a big game. I don't clarify as a robbery, but it is a huge game. Just because of where the school is located, you find a lot of individuals that know each other personally. Plus, they usually have some pretty decent athletes and are well-coached. It's always a high-intensity level when they play that game. Um, No Southern players, again, were available to the media this week to give their perspective of the series. Um, So, like I said, Southern has a bit of a momentum momentum going on. I am rooting, however, for Southern. Just like I am rooting, however, for LSU. Um, again, my condolences to um, Simmons' family. And I ask that we all keep them in our prayers. And I ask that we all try to figure out another way to communicate without always running to get a gun. I don't believe in guns. I don't believe in guns. 
I think if you're in your home and you live in a bad neighborhood and you feel like you can't afford to get out of that neighborhood and you got a gun to protect your family, I think you should keep it locked up away from any children. I feel like if there are any people in your home that have any type of mental issues, struggle with depression, anxiety, or anything like that, that they should not be able to have access to that gun. And I think you have to be mindful of what you teach children, even at a young age. Um, I always believe in teaching your kids to stand up for themselves and to speak up and be heard and don't just fall in line. But it's gotten to the point now where you don't even know what standing up to for yourself even means in the eyes of other people. You can express your frustration with what's not, what you doesn't seem as fair. And people will still look at that as being disrespectful. We live in a country now where people don't want you to speak up for yourself. People don't want you to say anything. People just want you to fall in line and just roll with the punches and just keep it going. Now, I would never want to get that phone call that my child may not be coming home or my child is in an accident. I got a call three years ago when uh, my daughter was in a wreck and I freaked out. I freaked out. Um, And when I got there, all I wanted to know, all I wanted to know was just see her and know that she was okay. I didn't care about a car. I didn't care about the damages. I didn't care what was going to be what. I just wanted to know that she was okay. And from then on, my perspective was different. I don't want high insurance because I can't afford it. I don't want to allow someone else to mooch off of me because they're out intentionally causing wrecks because there's a lot of insurance fraud going on. I didn't want, I don't want that either. But if you have to keep stepping on people and suing people insurance for you to get a leg up because you don't want to work, you do you eventually that's going to catch up with you. I've always tried to do right in this country for my family, for myself, and amongst other people, co-workers and everything. And I've gotten the short end of the stick, but I've been extremely blessed among that with my family. And even now I'm struggling emotionally to keep myself in a positive place when I'm trying to do the right thing and I'm trying to do right, find a job, go to school and and this and that or whatever. And I'm, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do what needs to be done. And I'm busting my ass to get through school. And you're dealing with professors that don't even care. They don't even care that the way they're going by doing things is not helping your students. It's hurting your students. And then people, these professors have this mentality of constantly saying, well, you have to study harder and you got to go to a tutor. Well, if you're going to a tutor and you're studying harder and you're doing all of this, but when it comes time for you to take a test, you're not giving them adequate time to get the test done what else is it left for them to do? And then when they come to you and they say, this test doesn't feel fair, you're not giving people adequate amount of time to accomplish what they're trying to do in your court. I said, 25, you know, you, I was like, 25 minutes for seven, 17 questions? Are you kidding me? That's what I said. So I think me saying, are you kidding me? That was a sign of disrespect. The professor told me that that was disrespectful and that if I wanted to communicate with him about my course, that I should email him and try to talk to him in a more respectable way. 
I said a whole lot of stuff. I the the 25 minutes, 17 minutes was the only thing that I said that was like really. Um, and so I read the email, the message that I sent him. I read it a few times, and so I went back and I replied back, and I said I came home and I read this message like five or five times because I was trying to understand where the disrespect came from because that was not my intent. I I was frustrated at the fact that I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. I'm reaching out for help, and I'm rereading the chapters. I'm restudying everything because I went. We went over the stuff before we even took the test, and the time wasn't adequate. By the time I finished with the first question, five minutes had already pretty much passed before I even finished the first question, and we had 17 questions for 25 minutes. And so I said, I said all that about rereading the chapter before I even started. I said, the questions are long. You have to understand each question to make sure that whatever probabilities formula that you're using, you're using it the right way. If you miss any step, the whole problem is wrong. You have to start over from zero. But you only giving us 25 minutes to do these probability questions, to do these charts. It's not that simple. It's not that easy. As you said, it's, I'm not a professor. So therefore, I'm not going to pretend like I got it going on. And math is not my forte. You know, for for me, I have to read I have to read the question more than one time and understand the specifics of what's what. You know what I mean? Before I even start the process of even writing a question. Is it his fault that I don't um I'm not quicker at answering questions like that? No, it's not. But at the same time, you're not helping your students either. And I said I said giving us less time feels like we're being set up to fail is what I said. Um on the previous question, on the previous email that I sent him, and I said, so me saying that, I thought that it would my this professor that I'm reaching out to would have understand that you have a student that's frustrated because she's struggling to accomplish this course, and not look at it as she's being disrespectful to you because there's nowhere in there that I say you are setting someone up to fail. I never say you. That's how rumors get started. But the fact that you took that in a way that I was disrespectful and that I said you were setting us up to fail is pretty much confirming my decision to bow out of this class for myself as well as for you. But I thank you for the opportunity that you gave me to try to accomplish this course. Again, I did not mean to be disrespectful to you. That was never my intention. Um, But I appreciate it and thank you and you have a good one. And he replied back today, this morning. I never replied back. Um, the last professor that I dealt with, I emailed this woman. It would take this woman two and three days to reply back to me. Every time she would reply back to me, she would get smart. She was constantly get smart, constantly get smart. But I was determined to pass this woman class and not fail. I was determined. Um, when it went, when I went into midterm, I had a B in this woman class, a high B in this woman uh, math class. Um, I, when I took the final exam, I didn't do as well on the final exam. I didn't. But I also didn't do, I didn't make a zero on the test. So even with everything that I had, and then there were grades that wasn't in, too, that had to be in, as well as my final exam, I should have passed her class with a C. It was going to be a low C, but I should have passed her class with a C. When I went back in to check my grades, my grades were, there were grades that were taken out. There were grades that were taken out of the roll book after the fact. And so I emailed this woman and emailed this woman. I said, why has my grades been changed? Why has this been taken out? Never heard anything back from her. 
So I reported it to the dean. They said that I was supposed to notify the instructor. I did. I haven't heard back from her. So it became a thing. And that's the problem that students have with these colleges. You can't talk to these professors. You can't have a conversation with these professors where they're not getting bigly with you. They're not being disrespectful. They're not talking down to you. They're not treating you like you're dumb. They are the professors, so you're pretty much at their mercy. So you pretty much either drop the class and you end up having to pay more money because I'm paying for my school out of my pocket. Financial aid ain't giving me no financial aid. I'm paying for that out of my pocket. So you're risking, if you were to go to financial aid and you're still trying to get financial aid, you're not going to get financial aid because you're, ha- you're failing this class or you're going to have to drop this class because the professor don't give two shit. They got their money. They're paid. So they don't care, you know what I mean, that this is what it is for you. Like, they can give some shit. And that's where my frustration come in at when it comes to respect and disrespect. It's like we're in a country now where people don't have to respect each other. When you when football players are competing with other football teams, they don't respect them. They feel like some teams are, are beneath them, like the LSU against the LA Tech last game. Um, so I think this game today is going to be very interesting against Ole Miss. I, I know Alcorn and Southern is going to be an amazing game, amazing um, atmosphere. I just wish that it's just no violence. I just wish that there's no shooting and none of that. And every time something happens near LSU, I mean near Southern, it put this ugly dark cloud over Southern. Just today, they said there were reports of gunfire, shots were fired near Southern Parade. I know plenty of people that's at the parade. And so I text them. I was like, is everything okay? This thing just popped up and said that there was, where this happened is, so I could be getting my turn so I can go. And it took WAFB an hour and, how long this was? An hour, what time? Let me see what time they sent this through. Yeah, because I'm on, I'm on uh, WAFB because they with the shit. It took them, because this was sent 16 minutes ago. So it took them an hour and 30-something minutes to update that this was unfound. Yeah. Everything that goes on near Southern... It could be on Harden, but across the highway from West Southern, it was near Southern. It could be round the corner, going towards the interstate, it was near Southern. <laughs> you know what I mean? It could be as near Scotlandville High School, it was near Southern. You know, everything doesn't have to be near Southern University. And I was very disappointed at the chief of police because he also said it too. You gave them locations of where this was on Harlem Boulevard. Everybody knows that Harlem Boulevard runs to Southern. Because Southern runs into a dead end. If you get off the interstate to Southern University and you make that left and you keep going and you keep going and you go over that ramp, that's going to take you, that's right there at Southern. That's a dead end. You can't go nowhere else. But you can loop all the way around and come all the way around the neighborhood. But shit, I get I get lost when I try to do that. So I ain't gonna tell nobody to do that because I'm not gonna give you good direction. I'm just saying. But everything has to be near Southern, and I think that's distasteful, and I think that's wrong, and I hate that the the, the news and media in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, always does that to Southern. Every time something something happens at LSU, you don't hear about it. Just like that Ferrari, where sorority, I mean, uh, for, for the frat 
where the kid died from the, from the alcoholic. In Louisiana, they played it down. You know who kept trying to make it? Worldwide news, his family. You know how many fights go on near LSU every fucking game day? Plenty. <laughs> you know how much of it get reported? Maybe one or two. Maybe one or two. You know how much crime is near LSU? Plenty. You know when it's reported? If it's a black person that did it to someone near LSU. That's when it's reported. You know how many times these students' vehicles get broken into and robbed and, and they the housings get broken into on LSU campus? You know how many unanswered rape cases have went on at LSU campus? But it never gets reported. It never becomes news media. They don't do it. But anything that happens near Southern, that's what they do. That's not going to bring this child back. That's not going to stop the violence that goes on. You know what that's going to do? That's going to excuse the ignorant-ass people that commit these crimes that keep committing it. Because their action is going to get downplayed through the media. Because they're too focused on where exactly it happened at. Or near where it happened at. You think because it was near Southern that that's going to stop it from happening near LSU? Y'all got to stop that. Y'all got to stop that. You're not helping. You're not fixing anything. You're not making anything better. And now Southern has to try to make sure that they can come out with a positive mood knowing that somebody's child was just murdered near their campus. And all they hear is near Southern, near Southern, near Southern. And then this child's family have to prepare to lay their child to rest. And then somebody else's mother, son, is going to be in jail for the rest of their life because of a cowardly act. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. He's either going to get a pretty decent lawyer and they're going to argue self-defense because the guy got scared or... He was running back from uh, Sims and he just freaked out and he shot him. Or they're going to do whatever they can to make sure they he goes to jail by any means necessary. That's what's going to happen. That's what's exactly what's going to happen. And in Louisiana, if you don't take a plea deal and you wait for a jury in Louisiana... If you don't get a certain amount of juries, you're done anyway. Even if the case is manslaughter. And and I noticed the media after I looked to listen to the press conference. I listened to the press conference when the chief of police was talking. And they said he admitted to shooting him. He admitted to being there. They, his DNA was led through the crime of the glasses that was left there or whatever, whatever. And... um. He admitted to being in possession with a gun and he admitted to firing a gun. But the media wrote up, he immediately, he said he intentionally shot him. I don't believe for a second that his intentions was to shoot that child in the head and kill that child. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. 
The fact that you got a gun and there's no name on a bullet, you have no control over a bullet. Once you fire that gun, you cannot shoot it. You cannot stop it. You should have known better. If you cannot handle the heat in the kitchen, your ass should not be in the kitchen. And I know I went way off base because we were talking about football. But um, I just really just hope that everyone have a, a good and safe game day. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. And if it's not worth the confrontation, just walk away, people. Walk away. Um, yeah. I'm going to take a brief break, you guys. I'm going to come back because I have a few questions. And actually, that's all I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the senseless killing of this another child. And I want to talk about the football that's going on in Louisiana tonight. So it's gonna be interesting, you know. People mad with me because they had to go to the, they had to go to work and things of that nature. Um, but it wasn't my fault. It wasn't. I I didn't. You know, I had nothing to do with it. Um, but they will be back for the game. But um, again, my prayers goes out to the Sims family, the black community, the whole Baton Rouge, Louisiana. LSU basketball team and the students of LSU. My heart goes out to you all. My heart goes out to everyone. The three um, accusers with the Brett Kavanaugh, my heart goes out to you as well. I pray for your peace and your understanding. And I pray for you guys to get through this process. And I know it's unfair and I know that you feel uncared for. That you don't matter to these important people in this country. I know exactly how you feel. And for that, I'm sorry. And my my heart goes out to you guys. And I respect you. And I thank you for being brave and for standing up and for speaking your truth. And whatever decision comes out with this Brad Kavanaugh, God ain't ain't dead. I know y'all think he's dead, but he ain't dead. He sits up high. He looks down low. He sees everything and I'm not preaching because I know there's a lot of things that I have to come amends to and I have to face but nothing I do is ever meant to hurt anybody to be malicious to anybody to hurt or to take away from anybody's lives or to destroy anybody's lives nothing I have ever done has ever been with that intent and it doesn't make it right but that's never my intention ever but I just feel like we have to give more love and we have to love ourselves more and we have to do better as parents do better as fellow Americans, fellow citizens, neighbors, teachers, guidance. When I listened to the press conference, I turned it off after um, the Louisiana State person got up and started talking, and he started off with thanking everybody, and then he said, I don't think the people in the in the community understand what all we do. And that did something to me. Because anybody with common sense and common decency and about equality and fairness and rights and wrongs and justice have an idea of what you do. What people don't understand is how people allow other law enforcement that are dirty and crooked to get away with it and justify it. That is what we don't understand. Why y'all do what you do when it comes to that before it's the hard work and the dedication and working together and and pulling from different resources people with common sense just common sense alone knows what about what you do 
We may not know the specific name of details of what it is you do, but we know. The problem we have is when people commit crimes themselves and they're law enforcement. People that are supposed to serve and protect us are not serving and protecting us. Those are the issues that we have. And so when I heard him say that, it did something to my spirit, especially after I saw the write-up with high profile but still senseless. It did something to me, and I just turned from it, and I was done with it. And I just said, I'm going to get on my podcast and wish the family the best. I pray for him. I know his his, his father. Um, his father's a good person. I know of his mother through his father. She's a pretty decent woman. Don't know anything bad about them. Um, I mean, I know some things, but not some things. You know what I mean? Um, we weren't best friends or anything like that. He's an older man. Um, good people. The kid was a good kid. Um... But I think any child that loses their life just by living and just by loving and just by trying to be there for their friends and support their friends and look out for their friends and their family or just just being them is high-profile cases that should be addressed and answered. That is my time. I'll be back in a little bit, you guys, with some Q&A questions. You don't go anywhere. Thank you.